Good evening, good evening. This is the day that the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. We are happy to be back again on tonight, another episode of For Such a Time as This. I am Reverend G. Lewis Tillman, Reverend John Mason, and Brother Sam Miller. We are here on tonight to share with you again a word that we feel God has laid on our hearts um, for this time we will spend together. Uh, We hope and pray that you've had a good day. We hope and pray you had a good week thus far. We pray that God has just continued to do and to be who he is and do what he's done in your life. So we bless God for all things. We bless God for life, health, and strength. We bless God for all his wondrous, um, all his wonderful things that he does for us, with us, to us. And we're just grateful that he chose us to do what it is that we are doing right now. So again, we are grateful to be here on tonight. We're going to go ahead and jump into the lesson here just in just a moment. We're going to ask Reverend Mason if he would lead us in prayer on tonight, and then we'll get ready to go into our lesson. Reverend Mason. Father, we're coming for you right now in the name of Jesus, and we... Uh, as always, Father, I love to give you thanks, first of all, for how good you've been to us, Father. And yes, Lord. As the old saints used to say years ago, you've been better to us than we've been to ourselves. And, Father, you know what's best for us, Lord. And we thank you tonight, Father, because you have spared our lives uh, one more time. Father, you you kept us in the land of the living in uh kept us healthy, Father, to where uh, we're still in our right minds, Father. And and on tonight, we have a mind to want to study your word, Father. So, Lord, we ask tonight that you you give us wisdom, give us knowledge and understanding so uh, that we can feast off of your word, Father. Uh, we, We need your spiritual food, Lord, in order to stay strong spiritually. So, Father, as we go into the lesson tonight, we ask that you open up our spiritual ears and spiritual eyes and also, Lord, our, our spiritual hearts. Saturate us in your word tonight, Father. And for those that are listening, Father, let the word sink deep down in their souls also, Father. It may be something that they've been waiting for tonight, waiting to hear. And, Lord, we ask that you would give that to them in a way to where it would change their lives completely. And as always, Father, our main goal is that maybe someone would be listening, that we hear your word, Father, and will accept your son, Jesus Christ, as their Lord and Savior. And we know that the angels in heaven will be rejoicing over that one sinner that comes to know Jesus Christ. We thank you for it right now. And we just believe everything is going to be done, Father, uh, and that you will get the glory for it all. And we ask these things in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen again. Amen. 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 God bless you. Thank you, Reverend Mason, for that prayer. On tonight, we want to 
deal with a topic that let's see how do I say this Mm, the titles up above us but we want to deal with a very serious topic it's a small word but it's a big time problem (laughs) that word is S excuse me I I don't care who you are. I don't care how long you've been saved. Doesn't matter how long you've been walking with the Lord. Saved folk and unsaved folk we all sin there are none of us that are above sin none of us live above sin I heard a preacher that I admire say one time Reverend Mason that the only way you can live above sin he said you have to live in at least a two story apartment and the people up under you not saved (laughs) (laughs) that way you're living above sin (laughs) (laughs) um Mason, I'm gonna say something. But first of all, let's 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 define sin. Let, let's folk know what sin is. Sin is anything that goes against God's word, God's ways, and God's will. That's that's sin. Sin comes from a Greek word, harmatia. Harmatia pictures an archer and a bullseye. Mm -hmm. And it pictures the archer with his arrow in the bow and arrow. And he's got the string drawn back and he's trying to line up his shot, trying to hit the bullseye. And oftentimes, the archer misses the bullseye. So he's trying to hit a mark and he misses the mark. And that's what sin is. Now, I don't want people to think that that's not important. (laughs) This is a very important thing. Exactly. But sin means to excuse me to miss the mark the good thing about that is when you sin and you miss the mark Mason, <laughs> at least you trying to do the right thing you at least try to hit the mark 
you you at least trying to do what's right. You trying to you know be right or do the right thing. But I don't care again, and I've said it, and I'll say it again. Uh, all of us sin. It's true. There's no perfect person. There's nobody that doesn't sin. I, I, I don't care who you are. I don't care how holy you think you are. I don't care if you think you got it all together. Every now and then, more often than not, people say we see it. Yeah, we do. And I'm going to say this and thank you, Lord, for bringing it back to me. And I'm going to give it back to you, Mason. But um, got somebody trying to put some crazy stuff on our timeline. People, when they get saved, will stand up in church and testify. You know where I'm going. I thank God for delivering me from a miserable life of sin. Hmm. Now, on one end, that's a true statement. Because to live sin is a miser- is miserable. Right. But the way they put it is, put it, is while I was out there doing what I was doing, and I was so miserable. Mm-hmm. I didn't like what I was doing. <laughs> sin just had me doing stuff, and I didn't like it. So I prolonged it <laughs> as long as I could. Go ahead, Mason. Miserable life of sin. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, well, the truth of it is uh, uh, we only realize the misery of sin uh, once we accept Christ as Savior. We don't even know that we're actually blind while we're living in our sin. Uh, we don't even know that we're basically on our way to hell uh, while we're living in our sin. Uh, we don't know that we're playing uh, or gambling with our lives. Russian roulette. While we're in sin. And and, and we, being blind, you can't see the danger that sin brings. Uh, and, and so we, we are overcome by, um, and then we'll talk more about it tonight, we're overcome by the feeling that, that sin gives us. You know, if, if you know anyone that has ever sinned, including ourselves, um, Sin feels good. Um, oh, we're going to get that real tonight, Mace. We will. We will. Uh, and, and it does. And 
and that's one of the reasons why uh, the human being does things. Do you know of any human beings? Uh, and, and should I say, let's let's just talk about the Christians. Okay. Uh, do you know of any Christians that, whenever we're uh, caught in sin, or we seem to struggle with sin, that when sin wins, and it doesn't win all the time. But when sin wins sometime, what caused us to be defeated by sin? Uh, why come we couldn't be victorious over sin when we know that we have the power and we have the Holy Spirit living within us to give us that supernatural power? In order to be victorious over sin, you know, he, he gives us that power to say no, to resist and to have victory over the devil. Uh, not only just the devil, but over temptation and uh, sin and however it comes toward us. What is it that causes us to still fail and give in to sin? When we know we have all of this at our disposal to help us to be victorious, why do we still fail? And and one of the things that I would suggest is that um, there's this this feeling that we get from sin that causes us to go ahead and commit the sin even though we know it's wrong. Because believe me, if it didn't feel right, it wouldn't be that hard of a struggle or that much of a struggle for you. Uh, if it didn't feel right, then you wouldn't do it. No, but because of the way it feels and you, you think about that satisfaction that you're going to get out of it. Temporary. Uh, and it is temporary. But it's amazing how we'll uh, sacrifice temporary satisfaction for a lifetime of consequences. <clears throat> Sad. Sin is, like I said, a small word. But it's a big time problem. It is. It is. The word sin is mentioned over 400 times in the Bible. Mm -hmm. Over 400 times. And the culmination of sin. Oh, mercy. We all ought to shut up over this. I mean, I don't have to dress it up, whatever. But the one who conquered sin, <laughs> the one who conquered S-I-N was the S-O-N of God. It's true. Thank God for Jesus. My God. Yes, sir. Let's see, back in the Old Testament times, priests would get to go once a year offer a sacrifice for the 
sins of the people and his own sins. Mm-hmm. High priest. Thank God we got a high, we have a high priest. Yes, sir. Who yes, made sir. a once and for all sacrifice. Yeah. Now it's done. Got to worry about it no more. Mm-hmm. He did what nobody else could do. That's true. And so sin again is dangerous. <clears throat> sin is deadly. Sin is detrimental. Sin is devastating. Sin leads to destruction. Sin causes sadness. Sin causes sorrow. Sin causes suffering. Mm-hmm. The problem with sin, nothing wrong with the S in sin, nothing wrong with the N in sin. Mm-hmm. The problem with sin is the I mm-hmm. that's right in the middle. I agree. And here's the thing oftentimes, people want to look at other folks' sin and not their own. But sin is always about the individual. Exactly. Jesus died for all sins. So we all have to say it's all about my sins. My sins was enough to hang him on Calvary's cross. But he died for the sins of the whole world. Yes, sir. I hear you say this quite frequently. Past, present, and future. Sir. Sin is nothing to play with. Sin is sin costs an innocent man his life. Mm-hmm. I hear you say oftentimes this innocent man paid a debt he didn't know because we owed a debt we couldn't pay. True. This man came down from heaven, took on the form of human beings. Mm-hmm. When God needed somebody, it was already set before the foundations of the world. It's true. Prepare me a body, I'll go down and redeem man back to you. And this man gave his life for the sins of the whole world. And even some people who didn't believe in it. This man gave his life a ransom for folk like you and I. It's true. And one thing about you and I, we don't try to color what we used to do. We know what we did in the past. Mm-hmm. And we thank God he delivered us from that. It's true. But if the truth be told, every born again Christian, every born again Christian struggles with sin. Right. But we got some people, again, who think that is everybody else saying it. Romans 3 and 23 slaps that out of the woodworks, out of the water, out there. 
Say all yeah, oh, yeah. those things. True. And come short of the glory of God. Mm-hmm. Which means every time we sin, we come short of glorifying God. Mm-hmm. It makes people think it's them and not me. What make people highlight other folks say revelation? It's a good question. Uh, see if I give you a good answer. <laughs> <laughs> people like that uh, basically doesn't look at what we call uh, personal sin because one thing we have to understand is that this uh, sin issue is personal yes sir Uh, I I can't fault you for my sin you can't fault me for your sin Uh, this this is personal and uh, you know Romans chapter 3 talks about that that personal sin Uh, he, 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 one of the things that, that makes us all guilty uh, when we are trying to uh, either shift the blame or, or, or say we, we don't, we're not sinning is that uh, Romans chapter 3 talks about this personal sin and he talks about uh, one of the personal sin or uh, we would say commission, the sin of commission. Because the sin of commission is uh, basically doing something that is prohibited. Something that you know you're, you're not supposed to do. Okay? And so I was teaching Bible study class one night, uh, teaching the adult class and I asked them, I said, uh, about the sins of commission. And I say, these are things that that are prohibited, things that you know you're not supposed to do. I say, who is it that does everything that we know we're not supposed to do 100% of the time, all the time? Who is it that does that? Well, the answer I got back was, well, nobody. You know, I say, so everything that the Bible, everything that God tells us not to do, everything he says is off limits, everything he says is prohibited. You know, who is it that obeys and does exactly what he says is prohibited all the time? <clears throat> and everybody said, well, nobody. I say, okay. I, I say, so let's go with the other one. Now that we understand the sin of commission, let's see if we can understand the <laughs> sin of omission. Okay? When it comes down to the sin of omission, the sin of omission is failing to do what is required of us. All right? So if the sin of omission is failing to do what is required of us, let me ask the question again. Who is it that does everything that is required of us 100% of the time, all the time. Where the question come up again, when I asked them that, 
some of the answers that I got back was nobody. I said, well, okay, can y'all agree that we've come up, we've come to the conclusion of the sin of omission and the sin of commission. That since there's nobody that does everything that is required of us, and then there's nobody that obeys and does everything that is prohibited of us, when is it ever a time where you don't sin? Everything was quiet, like it is right now. <laughs> I say, so you have to understand that there's never a time where you don't sin. Because the only way you can't sin is that you have to be perfect and sinless in order to not sin. So there's only not one person. There you go. See, not, that's why you have to point that out. Because when you point that out, it points you to the one that is that, that can be uh when we go into the law, we, we won't go there. But he's the only one that was sinless. So if you're going to get to heaven, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except by me. Why? Because we need someone that was sinless in order to get us to heaven where we need to be. And we couldn't do it because all of us was guilty all of us was from from Adam which means that uh, Adam's sin was basically uh, imputed to us uh, which basically means that uh, Adam was charged his sin was charged through everybody's account and so we're all sin, uh, sinful because of what Adam passed down to the whole world. So he passed it down to the whole human race. So we didn't have any choice in the matter. Is that we're guilty, and that's why the Bible says that we were born in sin and shaken in iniquity. And that's something that we didn't choose. <clears throat> but it was something that happened because of the sin that Adam Adam committed. And so, but we have an escape route. Uh, away from that there was this uh, second Adam that came along who was Jesus Christ and so where one man passed down the sinful nature to us uh, the other Adam came along and gave us eternal life well you just actually led us right into Romans 6 and 1 I know up on a portion of the screen I got 1 John 1, 8 through 10, but I failed on that part to put Romans 6 and 1. Um, since we have been saved, since we are now, as 2 Corinthians 5, 17, say a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Right. Since you say there's never a time that we're not basically guilty of not being perfect, because <laughs> we'll never be perfect down here on this side. Exactly. 
the life we live now ought to be a life that we would want to say free from sin mm-hmm. but we know that's not going to happen we're never going to live a life that is free from sin on this side. Right. Won't ever happen. What we have to do now is be mindful of what or who we let control us. Mm -hmm. As the Bible says, to whom you and I'm paraphrasing, give your members to obey. Mm-hmm. That's who's serving. You become a servant, exactly. You become a servant of that individual. Mm-hmm. Bottom line is, sin will be with us until we leave this earth. It's true. Bottom line. We won't get away from it. We won't be free from it. We won't not do it. It's just going to be a part of our lives down here. But the thing is, as Christians, and you said it, we have exactly in us what we need to not live a sinful life. Right. You've used the phrase sinless mm-hmm. there's sinless and then there's sin space less right the only person that's sinless is the one who came and died for sin it's true since he died for our sins we ought to sin less mm-hmm. because we've got the power the same power that raised him from the dead it's true that's the spirit of God. We have that living on the inside of us. Him living on the inside of us. Now. And so since we are, or we have that power, we now have the, the power to live better lives. Yeah. Um, our old nature was simply used to living sinful lives. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what we did. That's what we woke up to do. That's what we went to bed doing. That's what we thought about doing before we got went to sleep. And definitely, sometimes we them dreams came back or them memories took us to sleep of what we just right. got to do. Things like that. But we don't know, or we know now, there's some people that don't realize the danger they're in living in sin. Right. Romans 6 and 23 says the wages of sin is death. We'll get back to that. that, that that's something right there. Because anybody know wages deal with a payday? <laughs> <laughs> But let's go back to 61 because you were saying there was one Adam that messed us all up basically by association. Right. (laughs) Thank God for the second Adam. (laughs) Yes, sir. Who saved us. But with the second Adam, it's all about choice. Mm -hmm. 
that's something that just hit me, Mason. The first Adam, we didn't have a choice. It's true. But second Adam, thank God we had a choice. Yeah. Before you run into Romans 6, 1, where Paul says, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid, he said. The people were saying, okay, because grace is so powerful and grace, you know, covers everything. <clears throat> Excuse me. Why don't we just sin more so grace can just do more, basically, is what they said. Exactly said, what they were grace saying. Grace can super abound in. Mm-hmm. Grace is not to be abused. Grace is to be used. That That's where a lot of people get messed up at. A lot of us are grace abusers. It's true. I know I shouldn't say this, but I know I shouldn't go there, but <laughs> I know I shouldn't have picked up that call, that phone call, but I know we should get married, but Lord, forgive me. Grace abusers. And so Paul asked the question, since we've been changed, since we've now been bought with a price, since we're now not our own, shall we continue in sin or shall we continue living a sinful lifestyle? So that grace can super abound. That's oxymoronic. It is. Uh oh, look who popped up. <laughs> well not 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 only does does grace superabound if if they continue in sin, but also consequences see superabound when you continue in sin. And some of these consequences that come from sin could take you to your early grave because some sins even though God will forgive you for the sin you still might be uh, left to suffer the consequences but do you know that there are people that literally teach you don't have to pay for your consequences there are people that teach that well Jesus died for all of it so I don't have to pay for the wrong I've done hmm. that's some big time people that have taught that okay I'm just trying to figure out where that teaching coincides with you reap what you sow there, there you go there and you go. Romans 6 and 23 just said there's a consequence the wages of sin are death exactly go, go, go exactly. ahead well when you, when, you, when you talk about reaping what you sow, what, what does scripture say about reaping what you sow? Whatsoever, you say whatsoever a man sows, so that, that shall he also reap. Okay. So if you sow to the flesh, you reap to the flesh. That's exactly. what the word says. Exactly. So if you sow to the spirit, you reap spiritual life. Exactly. Reap life everlasting. So now, Anytime you sow something, there has to be a reaping process that comes from it. Depends on what you sow. It's going to depend on what you reap. And so if you're, if you're sowing to the flesh, you can't expect to reap nothing else 
from the flesh. And, and, and you think about what, what does the flesh actually produce? And we go, if we turn and go back to the book of Galatians chapter 5, and we we talk about walking in the spirit with the lust of the flesh, you know. Uh, you look at what the what the flesh produces. And so the, the sinful lifestyle has a way of satisfying the flesh. That's what sin wants to do. Uh, it, it wants you to be basically engulfed in satisfying the flesh because the battle that goes on is only between two entities and that's the flesh and the spirit and there's nothing else it's the flesh and the spirit that's where that's where the battle is going on uh, and Paul clearly uh, clears that up in Galatians chapter 5 and so we, we have this sin uh, for nature that goes on within each and every one of us that wants to be satisfied at all times. Uh, you know, brings me back to the beginning where you talked about uh, the miserable life, life of sin. Uh, if sin satisfies the flesh, there never was a time where you was miserable because the flesh is being satisfied. The flesh is getting exactly what it desires to get. And there's not going to be a miserable time in that because sin does what? It brings pleasure. It makes you feel good. Um, we gave the illustration um, back in the days when we were dating, and uh, and we were living in sin, and uh, you had a date, you know, with a female, and uh, you're going there. Yeah, you were looking forward to getting with the female because. Uh, of all of the possibilities, let me put it like that. You're going to, um, and so you didn't fight against that. You didn't say, oh, "Well, I, I hate to go on this date with this female." You know, even though she's so beautiful and uh, she's so attractive, and um, she has everything I've been looking for in a woman. You know, and and to be honest, and and that's what I like about uh, our podcast. Uh, we're, we're honest, you know. Right. Uh, you was hoping you're going to get lucky. Let, let's just put it like that. Right. You, you know, had plans. Yeah. And, and luck is not, you know, it's not really a word, but, you know, it's what well, we're using tonight. You, know. uh, you was hoping you get lucky. You, you're hoping things work out the way you want it to. Uh, so you're trying to say you were looking forward to having sex. Yeah, well, you put it bluntly, yeah, okay. yeah exactly. All right. So that's what you were looking for, you know. So uh, you wasn't fighting against that. You wasn't saying, I hate to go over here and be with her because of what's going to happen, you know. You were looking forward to it because you were looking at the, the pleasure that comes from that act 
of being with the opposite sex. You you were looking forward to that. And 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 so there there's not a time in your sinfulness the way it was miserable to you at that time because you didn't you couldn't see if there was any misery in it, you couldn't see it anyway. Not until your eyes was open. And that's why when we get up and say that, we should kind of rephrase it <laughs> and say, uh, Lord, I want to thank you and for saving me and delivering me from a miserable life of sin. I think we should tell the truth. Lord, I want to thank you for delivering me from that sinful lifestyle that I enjoyed when I was out there. Because we did enjoy it. To be honest right. with you, we enjoyed it. Because somebody said, if I didn't enjoy it, then why did I even stay in it for so long? Because there's pleasure in sin for a season. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's pleasure in sin. Exactly. I'm going to say the crazy thing, the dangerous thing yeah. about living in sin is you don't know when the season ends. Right. Now, we deal with four seasons, so spring, summer, winter, and fall, and so they have dates that say each one of them is going to end at a certain time. Mm-hmm. You don't know when your season going to end. True. But here's the kicker. It is going in. Hebrews 9 27 says, And as it is appointed unto man once to die. Right. But after this the judgment. People want to say whatever about sin or you know I, I'm gonna be honest with you. I stay away from God and away from Christ for as long as I did because I was having fun doing what I was doing. Right. I had it all planned out. I said, well, when I get about 40, I'll go ahead on and give my life to Christ. <laughs> now, now, look at that. I'm planning to do something at a time frame that I don't even know is going to come to fruition. Thankfully, it has. Right. But I'm sitting there planning to continue doing wrong. Basically, I'm saying, God, I'm having fun. Don't let me die. Let me live. And when I get forward, I come do you know I come do the right thing. So basically what you're saying, Lord, I'm in control. Well, honestly, I knew I won't in control. Because the whole time I'm hoping he don't kill me. Mm-hmm. See, like you and Brother Sam, Brother Sam, we're going to open the door for you because you look like you got something to say. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Sam ain't feeling good, but he wanted to be committed to be on here with us. We appreciate you because it is better when we're on here together like that. So, brother, we appreciate you. We hope you feel better. Yes, sir. Um, I knew because of the upbringing I had. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand everything, but I knew. 
Because when I grew up, just like you, the preacher preached about hell. I don't preach about hell no more. No. I haven't heard a sermon in a while. Right. <laughs> I think the last two sermons I heard about hell was one me, you and I preached at different times. Yeah. <laughs> I to Bill Daniels' sermon, what in hell do you want? Right. No. But, right, nothing. <laughs> Yeah, who might be down there? I don't want to go see. That's true. Because hell is one way in, no way out. Yeah. And I do say it all the time. It's heaven or it's hell. You're going to miss one. You're not going to miss both of them. It's true. You're going to miss one of them. But you ain't going to miss both of them. But because I had the upbringing and knowing some stuff about church and Christ, I really didn't understand about God and Jesus till I became grown. Mm -hmm. I moved to Oklahoma and I was sitting in church and the pastor that I started preaching up under, one Sunday he preached the introduction of God and the next Sunday he preached the introduction of Jesus. And that's when I'm, what, 1990, what was that, four? 1994? I'm 29 years old. Mm -hmm. No, I, I still was had 11 more years to run. <laughs> <laughs> According to Brother Sam. <laughs> but God had other plans. Yeah. So, because I knew that I wasn't in control, I'm hoping and praying he don't take me. But that he just let me run on till I, I feel that I'm ready to come in. And that's what people are today, man. There are a lot of people like that. But look at the gamble that you're willing to take because you're not in control. Rookie Demon. Yeah. Yeah, and you, and you that's exactly right. The rookie demon. You think demon. you had he had plenty of time. That's the thing. Right. The God of this world mm -hmm. has blinded the minds of people. Um Atlanta. They use this phrase We gonna get turned tonight or we about to go turn up. Turn it up. And they don't even understand the implication of what they're saying because in the midst of you turning up hopefully you don't turn up in hell in the midst of you getting turned and turned up and getting lit and all of that hopefully prayerfully you don't turn up in hell right well the, and I'm going to pose this in here let me it's just a quick one before I start sniffing this season. And, and you said, like you said, the wages of sin, you know, is death. But also the wages of sin is more sin. They, it, it's indulging because now that that sin is, is like you said, it's so good. And so now the, the lust for it all, it, it takes you in there. They're, they're not thinking about the consequences of it all because they just want more of it. And so the, the the consequences is, you know, it is death, but it's more sin because that's what they're shooting for. Because it's not a, 
it's not wrong to them. It's it's minor to them to think because they haven't really grasped, like you said, grasped a hold of, you know, the whole, the big picture of it. So, and, and the understanding is they say, oh, this is just small. This is, this is just something simple. There's people out there doing worse things that I'm doing here right now. You know, but knowing that sin is sin, whether little or, or you know, or not, it's still sin in, in, in God. So that as you sin more, they fail to realize that you're hiding yourself from God. You know, that that's it, though, because that, that's that's where it's at right now. The indulgence of it all is more sin. That's, that's true, Brother Sam. Um uh... As you were speaking there, I, I, I thought about uh, one of our previous prod, podcasts when we talked about Second uh, Timothy chapter 3 in the last days, perilous times would come. And uh, when you look at uh, all of the things that the, uh, the author talks about in the book of Timothy uh, chapter 3, uh, when he talks about first of all us becoming lovers of our own selves when you become a lover of your own self it basically takes on other sins that actually attach themselves to you loving your own self and when you look at that he talks about uh, in chapter 3 how uh, we will become a covetous person, a boastful person, proud person, blasphemous. That see, loving your own self brings in all of those other sins. And you're right; the sins begin to escalate now. You know because um, they they all like they all connected. And they keep continuously piling up. See, it kind of brings you back uh, of that way of thinking here in Romans chapter 6. When it says, shall we continue? <laughs> Are we continue in sin? You know, after grace has abound, you know, it's like, okay, so why don't we sin more? Well, think about it. Why would you want to sin more if you don't like sin? Do you want to sin more because that's going to be more grace? Well, if you get more grace, you get more sin. And with each sin that you get, you get more consequences. So how does that balance out? I would rather have the more grace uh, with, with less, less sin. Because with less sin brings on less consequences. See, if you just got your mindset on the grace that you're going to get, then you're going to get grace along with consequences that you can't get rid of. But see, they want to continue to sin and experience the grace. That's why I say we have grace abusers. Right. People what say, I know I shouldn't, but Lord, you're just going to have to forgive me for this one. But those consequences that comes along with the you sin, don't though, think about you the can't consequence. Shake you don't think about the consequence because a lot of times the consequences don't show up immediately. 
That's true. Sometimes the consequences don't show up for weeks or months later. And guess what the Holy Spirit will do? You'll be like, Lord, I'm going through. What is this about? And the Holy Spirit will remind you of what you did. That's true. So That's true. Even though the consequences come, some people don't think about them until they experience them. That's true. But what about the premeditated type sin you that we commit? Got consequences that they don't think about. There you go. And and they, and you think that they would because they've had enough time that you to plan analyze it exactly. Plan the sin. Right. Planning the sin. That's when they store up that they store it up. They store up grace a little bit. I've done good enough here, Lord, so you can go. In their mind, in their mind, trying to abuse grace again. I shouldn't, but right. I ought not, but but I've been doing so well this long. Oh, like this buzz for you? Yeah. Or this sins for you? That's where it may be worse. Your punishment may be worse. You've earned that sin. Yeah, that's it. it. We earned the right. Earned the right. We earned the right to crucify Christ afresh. Mm -hmm. We ain't earned nothing but hell. (laughs) That's all we really earned. But thanks be to God. Yes, sir. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who gives us the victory. That's what we've earned. Yeah. People have got to understand that this 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 little word is so deadly. Yeah. If you live a lifestyle of sin, you are literally, if you're unsaved, gambling with your soul. It's true. You gambling with where you're gonna spend eternity. Well, what about the Christian that keeps sinning? Well, at some point in time, that Christian going to make some changes. Remember the scripture in Galatians 6 and 1, it says, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thou says, lest thou also be tempted. Right. Somebody asked the question, okay, we'll do that. But what if the brother or sister keep undertaking in what overtook them? What do you do then? And when you got to have a straight talk with them. It's true. Sometimes you, we, we need to get to the point as Christians to where when we're talked to and our Christian brothers and sisters that have our best interest in mind for us, have our best interest in their hearts, when they call us out, we don't get mad, we don't get defensive, and we don't go to, well, you do this, well, you do that. No, that's not maturity. Not maturity. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (coughs) Too long. That's not maturity. Sometimes we just need to be called out. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, a lot of times we 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 want to be passive when it comes down to calling uh, other Christians out. Uh, 
because there could be a relationship there or or a, a friendship there to where uh, we think that we might mess the friendship up. Um, most time we're we're not um, acceptable in that you know if if you go to someone and tell the truth um, about their situation. A lot of times they'll get attitude and get upset with you because you came and confronted them. You know? um, it should never be like that. What should happen is that the person should accept the constructive criticism because you, you have to look at it when we sin, we have to look at this thing like, like Joseph did. When Joseph was uh, confronted with Potiphar's wife. Mm -hmm. and, and, I, and I think most of us as, as Christians, we don't really see, see it this way when we sin. Joseph said, how can I commit such a great sin? against my God. See, we don't look at committing a sin against God. That's why it's so easy for us to, to commit the sin. And we're, we'll commit the sin over and over again. Uh, we'll practice that sin over and over again. And the sin that we're practicing does not convict us enough for us to stop doing it. It's like we're saying, like like they're saying here in Romans, you know, uh, let me keep sinning keep sin. because I know because God, I God is a God of grace. So if so I can I keep, keep sinning, sin. uh, he'll give, give me, me more, more grace and maybe, maybe I'll just send myself right on out of this or maybe grace, enough grace will come and the grace will deliver me from the sin. Because that's what they're looking forward to. They say, uh, shall we continue? Now, why would you even ask that type of question? Paul comes back and, and, and he tells them, you know, he, he says, you need to perish that thought. You know, uh, God forbid. You know, perish that thought. Why, why are you even thinking like that? You know, God wants you to not to sin. But you're saying, yeah, well, uh, I want more grace. So the way I, it seems for me to get more grace is for me to sin more. When you already know that sinning is wrong in the first place. They ain't saying I want more grace. I want to keep doing what I'm doing. Exactly. That's true. Because that's because what they say. Because yeah, there's no good. Exactly. And there's no instant consequences. It's kind of like overseas when they when it's kind of like there the consequences aren't instant. Like overseas, you still they chop your hand off. You know, so right. there's no instance of you know directly. Then there's the consequences. There's no suffering for the sin. True. But if there were suffering for the sin instantaneous, don't you think a lot of people be like, "Oh no, I'm definitely not going to do that"? Because 
that I know what sin will do until, right. like you said, they get down to it may not happen this year, next year, but when they go through, then that remembrance part they know. But if there was some instant, but that's the grace that we have. But if it was right. instantaneous, we were suffer the consequences as instantly as the sin goes, it wouldn't be a lot of sin. But at the same time, if there were like we are tonight, the wages of sin is death. And, and if you continuously preach it and preach it and they get those sermons that 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 that's what it is and you're preaching it and it's profound and you're putting it in the way that you putting it, they'll think about it. It'll it'll right. stick in their mind then. But that's not being preached, Brother Sam. Uh, the Bible uh, tells uh, us uh, to <laughs> preach Christ and him crucified. That's, that's what, what we are to preach, but you hear everything about the crucifixion until Easter. Yeah, true. We hear about the crucifixion once a year. Right. Now folks are use it in a clothes. Yeah. But they don't use it in sermons. Mm-hmm. We don't because preach about the cross enough. We don't preach about what led him to the cross enough. It's sin. Yeah. True. Sin, S I N. Told you. Yes. Sorry. The problem with sin is the I that's in the middle. Mm-hmm. Be careful with any word with I in the middle. Pride, P R I D E. Lie, L. I sin S I I'm always in the middle of it, and all those th- those two things that I mentioned, pride mm-hmm. and lie, are all sin. Yeah, sin is ugly. Look what sin did to Jesus. Isaiah said there was no comeliness to it. It's true. When he was hanging on the cross, we didn't esteem him. One guy preached a sermon and looked at the back of Jesus, back tore up from all those lashes he took. Sure. Can you imagine? And I just this just hit me. You know, I said they plucked all the hairs off of his beard. I wonder did that make his face red? That they pulling hairs. Out? Oh, I'm sure it did. Yeah. Calvary was not pretty. Calvary was ugly. Mm-hmm. Sin is ugly. Sin is a mess. And some people, and we'll probably deal with that next next week over in First John. Yeah. Where it says, if you say you have no sin. <laughs> <laughs> you say you have no sin. You made, uh, mm. huh? You don't see? Okay. You just see it by saying you don't have no sin. There you go. You That's how easy it is. Yeah. Yeah. Sin, sin is serious. It is. It costs an innocent man his life. But yet, still, we found pleasure in it. The pleasure principle. Yes, sir. <laughs> That's why kinda, we stayed in our sin so long, bro. Sam, yeah, we is. were having a good time. Exactly. Yeah, even Jan- exactly. Now I just say, even Janet Jackson knows about sin, the pleasure principle. Yeah. She made a song about it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> pleasure in sin. Yeah. 
And that's why a lot of people are where they are right now. Right. They enjoy what they do. I mean, I used to drink a long time ago. I didn't really enjoy it. I drank because of who I hung out with. Right. I smoked a left-hand cigarette for a little while. Right. But what got me about that stuff, Brother Sam, is that all was a waste of money. You'd have been better off just lighting the bill and letting it burn up because you got <laughs> nothing good from it. But for some reason, it gave you pleasure. Right. I hear, you hear people, man, I got toe up last night. And you bragging about it? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You ought to thank God for mercy for them nights that you got home and don't know how you got there. Mm-hmm. Or them nights you laid down beside somebody and you didn't know who they was and the next morning you're like, who in the world is this? They could have yeah. killed you. Could have took everything you had. Exactly. But we find pleasure. We find pleasure in doing what God say don't do. It's something about that word don't that right. make you want to do. Don't go there. Well, let me see what's over there that I shouldn't go here for. <laughs> the curiosity. Right. Yeah, it comes up. She winking her eye at you, but you see that ring on her finger. Mm-hmm. She married, yeah, but she winking her eye at me. She ain't happy she doing that. He left his business card on, on my desk. Mm-hmm. But you see the wedding ring on there. Well, he must not be happy if he left the bed. I mean, we, we just love pleasure. There's nothing wrong with pleasure when it's not against God. God wants us to enjoy life. Right. And right. what did uh, what's her name, Sarah say? Mm-hmm. Share my Lord. <laughs> Have pleasure. Pleasure is meant for only a select few right now in that yeah. area. Yeah. A lot of us into some illegal pleasure. Yeah, I agree. It is what it is. A lot of us into illegal pleasure. There's consequences for what we do. Yeah. There are consequences. And oftentimes, and I'll th- I'm going to be very blunt. Well, not blunt, blunt, but honest right here. I get tempted. Mm-hmm. I get offers. Right. But I tell them, you don't want the consequences that come behind that. It's true. You don't want to deal with what we both going to have to deal with just for some pleasure. And then I remember, and I've shared it before, this preacher says, you laying there doing what married folks are only supposed to be doing and you ain't married and you huffing and puffing and this and that. One preacher said, sex ain't good till you can say thank you, Jesus, instead of forgive me, Lord. Because <laughs> when you got to say, Lord, forgive me, what was good about that? Exactly. But another preacher said, while you laying there and you doing what you're doing and you lay there when you're finished and you talk about how good it was, He said, turn over and ask Jesus, was it good for him? (laughs) It's true. And when you pause and think about that, that's some serious stuff. You got through doing all you're doing, whatever, blah, 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 blah. You didn't tie, you sweaty. You're laying there. 
talking mm-hmm. to each other. And you know how brothers is. They always want to know they did a good job. I don't care what nobody say. Right. Their ego in the man. <laughs> he said, when you finish, turn over and ask Jesus, was it good for him? Mm-hmm. Sin ain't no joke. Right. Right. And and, and I think that's, there, there should be an awareness of what you just said, the story about after it's over with, he turns over and next Jesus was good for him also. Uh, and, and I think that's one of the problems there is that a lot of us, even though we're Christians, we don't look at the spiritual position that we have in the body of Christ. Because even though we're in the body of Christ, a lot of us think that uh, when we talk about Christ, when we talk about God, uh, our Father, we think that he's way out there somewhere. And we're not in him. And Jesus Christ made that perfectly clear in John 17 chapter that uh, we're in him and he's in us. And, and and there's no way that you can get away from that. Once you accept it as Lord and Savior, John 14 talks about that, about them coming in and basically taking up residence to where he's going to dwell with you. And I, I like how he puts it. He says, I'm not going to dwell with you just for few weeks, uh, maybe a couple of years. He says, we're going to dwell with you forever. And so he has taken up residence in us and he lives in us and you can't get away from it. And so if that's the case, then whatever you do, wherever you go, and as uh, I think it was uh, might have been Charles Spurgeon, I'm not absolutely sure. It was him who said, don't you know that you're taking God around in you? With you. Yeah. There's no way you can get away from it. So he, he's, he's living within you. So everywhere you go, he goes. Whatever you do, you bring him into whatever you do also. And, and that's a powerful statement there. Um, and again, one of the reasons why we do stuff uh, when it comes down to sin is that we actually don't know our spiritual position. We actually, some of us, think that we're actually getting away with the things that we do that are wrong. And we think that we can hide, hide them things from God. But Jonah tried that. Uh, thought that he could get away. Uh, couldn't do it. Uh, David talks about it. Um, Wherever he goes, you know, there is God's right there with him. So there was nowhere that he could run to try to get away from that. And so we have to be aware that God is living within us. And so that should make us want to live uh, a much more godly life than what we're living. Knowing that he's right there with you should make you more bolder too. Because you know he's right there with you. 
The word Lord is in the Bible in three different spellings, per se. Okay. Lord, all lowercase. Lord, capital L, lowercase O-R-D. Then Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. That Lord is Jehovah. It talks about all of his different names. Right. Jehovah Jireh, my provider, the Lord will see to it. Jehovah Nissi, my banner, the Lord will fight my battle. Jehovah Rohi, the Lord who shepherds. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. Jehovah Imkadesh, the Lord, my righteousness. But then there's Jehovah Shama, the Lord who's there. Right. Where is Jesus? Where is he not? Right. When right. he over there, he over here. When he up there, he down here. When he mm -hmm. in you, he in me. True. You can't get away from him. Right. David said it. Whether shall I go from that presence? Whether shall I flee from that spirit? If I ascend yeah. into heaven, thou art there. Lord, if I make my bed in hell, or even thou art there. You can't get away from him. Right. That ought to be one of the things that you were saying that makes us cognizant of what we do. Mm -hmm. He's always there. Somebody wrote a song. He was there all the time. All the time. Yeah. He's always Shama. He's always mm -hmm. right there. Even True. when you feel alone, he's there. He's Shama. Yeah. He's right there. Mm -hmm. And so when we do our thing, whatever our thing is, he right there watching. True. He right there. True. So go ahead, sir. Him being right there with us and, and knowing that he's right there with us. If you really understood who he really is, and, 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 and me and you've talked about this before, do we really know who God really is? Or do we just say we, we know some things about who he is, but if you just just look at the creation that's all you have to look at okay? let's let's take one thing out of the creation just look at it you know if you were to stand before god right now and let's take the ocean let's, let's take the sea for example just just one uh, uh let's let's take the pacific ocean for example and, and yeah, just you you standing. Just imagine you standing before God, and you ask Him about the Pacific Ocean. Say, uh, "Well, Lord, you know how how did you make the Pacific Ocean?" You know, I understand that all that out there is water, and it's H two O. You know, we know that the that's the form, the scientific formula for water is H two O. Well, how did you make H two O? Now, when you think about it, coming from the mind of God, if he start telling you how he made H2O, you'd be lost. You, you'd be just like Job was. If he when, broke it down. Yeah, exactly. If he broke it down and showed you exactly how he made H2O and how all of that became, became the Pacific Ocean, you'd be messed up, blown away. You'd be just like Job when he started questioning Job. Job, where were you at? <laughs> when I made the foundations of the world, you know, where, where was you at, Joe? 
And he just kept drilling Job over and over and over again with questions that Job couldn't answer. We should be messed up anyway. Should be. Because here's a thing that I like to mess with people about. And I love doing this. I said, do you know that Jesus was older and younger than his mama at the same time when he was in her womb? Exactly. He was older than her and younger than her at the same time. It's true. <laughs> and that's why I appreciate something you said. And now every time I hear this word, I'm like, uh-uh. It only goes to God. Only. That word also. Yes, sir. Who else can do that? True. You know my favorite place where my favorite, really, my really favorite place is to be close to God. But my natural favorite place is the beach. Yeah. I love water. Mm-hmm. I love just standing on the balcony or sitting in the room and just looking out at that water and seeing it till you can't see it no more. Right. But the whole while I'm thinking, that's just the top of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a whole lot more up under it. Underneath it. Exactly. And who knows what's out there under it. Right. We would be mind blown if we ever got a chance to see everything up under the ocean. Mm-hmm. It's true. But just as wonderful and awesome as he was with creation, he's even more wonderful and awesome with what he did for us with the covering for sin at Kofa. Exactly. Jesus is the covering for it. Jesus is the propitiation. Jesus is the mediator mm-hmm. between man and Jesus Christ. Brother Sam, if you will, give us your wrap-up, sir. We're going to go ahead and shut this one and we'll pick back up because we could run this thing all night long. That's a he. I'm here, I'm here. <laughs> step away for a minute um you good you good yeah man this thing is as three-letter word is big uh, and it is big and i was reminded and as you said before we are all without sins but uh, the choices we make um, will be defined um, by the one who's in control um, and and knowing that we are not in control of anything but God is in control of all things but we have a I guess a duty um, I'll put it that way to do exactly what it needs us to do is it going to be hard sometimes? Yes. Will there be failures? Yes, there will. Will there be setbacks? Yes, there will. Um, but understand, as you, we don't use that grace card, I guess, if that's what you want to call it. There is no grace card, you know, that we can just open up. But the conviction is there. Um, and if you are close to God and that's how close you are to him, you will have, you'll be convicted of it. Um, and it will, as we always say, you will sin less. 
and it will draw you, I think, to do exactly um, the right things that he wants you to do, to be in line with what he has in store for you to do. And as you do that more, he will give you that guidance, the strength um, to overcome that three-letter word that's so small but is big in nature um, in the physical that we it's, it's as big as we allow it to be in a sense because we have that power to make those three-letter words just be what they are and turn away from it and, and, and do the right things um, but I, it will be times um, it'll be easy in times it will not but I think that as you grow stronger in Christ, that it all gets easier. Sure. And I know that as we continue to speak upon it, that there'll be a better understanding in this word. And, and, and that, and there's another three-letter word that is big, and that's G-O-D. And that word is is big and huge and he and his word has everything in there to help us with that battle but we have to be in the word as well in order to get an understanding of it and know exactly what it is amen dr mason one of the things i like about um uh, tonight's uh, podcast is uh, that word grace. Um, when you look at the, the the choice that we have between the wages of sin and then uh, choosing grace over sin, uh, not how much I can sin in order to get more grace but just accept the grace that he's already given you and try to sin a whole lot less um, because when you look at sin you continue to look at the wages which means that you're going to get what you deserve and the wages of sin is death so every time you sin, there's going to be some type of payment for the sin that you commit. I'm much more like grace because when I look at grace, I'm not looking at uh, a payment now for something that I've done wrong. I'm looking at a gift for something that I've done wrong and all I have to do is confess those sins and I get gifted for it I get a reward for it or I get the greatest gift that we can ever get I've often said it like this if God never gives me anything else in this life I have the greatest gift that I ever get and that's eternal life and so when I look at grace, when you break the word down, grace is God's riches and Christ's 
expense. God's riches at Christ's expense. God gave us the richest thing that he could give us. And that was the Christ who paid that price on the cross for all of our sins. And look what we get in return. Eternal life. How do you choose the wages of sin over eternal life? The God of this world. That's true. Has blinded. Done what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Has blinded the minds. And 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 I, and I know we're putting a bow tie in it, but I, I, you just started something right there. See, no. Uh, no. But and I'm gonna throw this question out here for next week. <laughs> so we understand that the God of this world has blinded uh-huh. the minds, right? Of who are Christians blinded? That's a good question for next week. Because you asked me that one time and I was like, man, what you talking about Christians being blind? Christians are susceptible to being blind. True. Because sometimes we don't see what we need to see because we think we're there already. That's pride. Sometimes we think we got it all together. Sometimes we think what we're doing, uh, God's all right with that. God know my heart. I may be doing wrong, but God know my heart. He does. Yeah, he does. Yeah, that, that that's that's the the kickback. That's that's the response, the retort. Yeah. To yeah. a lot of things that people do wrong. Mm-hmm. Christians do not always see what they need to see. Christians can be blind to the moment. I think. Because if you have your spiritual eyes open, if you're operating from spiritual discernment, you shouldn't be blind. It's true. But we do have moments where we don't see what we need to see. How many times have we looked at a situation and we were just so maybe disgusted or upset about it? And then later on, God revealed that revelation. That's one thing I hear you right. talk about. Illumination and revelation a yeah. lot of times until God reveals the truth of that situation to us. It's true. So yeah, there are instances which Christians are blind. Um, sin, S-I-N. Nothing wrong with the S in sin. Nothing wrong with the N in sin. Yeah. The problem with sin is the I that's always in the middle. First John 1, if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Romans 3.23 says, All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. David said, Behold, I was shaped. I was born, shaped in iniquity and born, and in sin did my mother conceive me. I love 1 John 2 and 1, which says, My little children, these things right unto you that you sin not, but if or rather since you don't sin, you have an advocate with the Father Jesus Christ your righteousness. 
the word of God. This this book right here. If you get in this book, you read this book, and you do what this book say. This book will keep you from some sin. It's true. Or sin will keep you keep from, you this, from book. this book. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. One of the two gonna happen. This book will keep you, or this sin will keep you from this book. Hmm. Mason, I see something you want to hold on. You want to put out there? Go ahead, sir. <laughs> I, you, you see people. Um, And, and I guess maybe they're not aware of it. Um, and, and a lot of times, you know, you, you see where we put other things before the Bible. And a lot of the things that we do, they're not sinful. but we don't prioritize and we make it sinful because you say sin will keep you from this book and this book will keep you from sin if you do what it say right so if you're doing things that are not sinful that are keeping you from the book could you classify those things now as sinful because it's keeping you from the book? Even though the things that you are doing are not wrong. But the things that you're not doing are wrong. Anything, it depends, or are you deifying these things? Have these things become your idols, your God? Because anything you make as an idol or you deify, that's wrong. And 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 if you're given more time to these things than you are to God, then you're wrong, even if the thing you're doing is not wrong. Again, if these things become idols, if these things become your God. You need to check yourself. It's true. Man asked the pastor one time, he said, Pastor, so I'm thinking about buying a boat. Is it okay to buy a boat? Pastor looked at him and said, it depends on where that boat going to be parked at on Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See, that boat could have took him away. Having the boat, nothing wrong with it. Right. Right, exactly. Nothing wrong with the boat. What you do with the book. Or what yeah. the boat gonna do to your relationship with God. Right. You can't even let family interfere with your relationship with God. Right. God, family, everything else. Yeah. God has to be first. Has to be. We thank you all for joining us on tonight. 
Thank you for being here with us on another episode of For Such a Time as this. We hope and pray we've said something to help somebody along the way. Uh, we're going to pick up with uh, this thing called Sin Part 2 next week. It'll be next Tuesday or next Thursday again. If we're not on on a Tuesday night, we will come back on Thursday night. Uh, some of us have taken on some extra responsibilities that may interfere with our Tuesday nights, but rest assured, we'll move from Tuesday to a Thursday, or hey, it may be any night of the week. If something comes up, we will let you know. Uh, again, we are grateful that you all took time out of your busy schedule to spend some time with us. Sin, check your life. It's never about other people's sin. It's always about our own individual sins. I can't die for your sin. You can't die for mine. I can't stand for yours. You can't stand for mine. Um, I'm quite frequently referencing things that the preachers, the preachers say. As I'm one myself, I was in a service one time and good many people in church, nice-sized church, and the preacher said, this ceiling, this roof fell in on us right now and everybody died. So when you stand before God, he ain't going to ask you about nobody but yourself. So for those of you all that's always talking about them people ain't right, them people ain't right, check yourself before you wreck yourself. You got to stand before God one day also. They may not be right, but they're in the right place. Lord, help me. I like that one. I'm about folk in church ain't right. They in the right place. And the church is the hospital for the sick people that happen to be the sin sick and sometimes those who are naturally sick because God sometimes heals. Yes, sir. We're in the house of the Lord. Exactly. Father, we thank you for another exactly. opportunity to come together. We thank you for the words that have been shared on tonight. We thank you for these gentlemen that are here, God. We just want to pray a special prayer for Brother Sam. We hope and pray he feels better, God. Thank you uh, for him being with us on tonight. And again, God, we thank you for Reverend Mason, who's always opening up his home for us to do the podcast. Thank you for his wife, who just is so uh, supportive of what he and we do. So, God, I thank you for the traveling grace and mercy you've given me to arrive, and I pray you give me that same traveling grace and mercy to reach my destination. And, God, again, for each and every heart that may have tuned in, watched, looked, commented, God, we pray special blessings upon them. Help all of us, God, to look inwardly at ourselves, dear God, and help us to remove those things that are not like or of you. And, God, until you bring us together again, Dismiss us from this time we spend together, but never from your presence. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present mm-hmm. you faultless before his presence with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power both now and forever. Amen. God bless you and we thank you. God bless you. Amen. Amen.